Welcome to the Casino Movie Club. Casino is one of my favorite films and one of Willem's, so it only made sense that that's one of the two that we did. We did another one for A Star Is Born, but that's still behind the Patreon paywall. But about the Patreon paywall, you can go over there now and be a part of future movie clubs going forward because movie clubs, as you know, are now part of the regular feed and there's a whole cornucopia, a whole host, a whole slew of them coming up. But to participate in the movie clubs, you got to go to patreon.com slash Friends. That way, you can add your comments and questions to proceedings. You also get access to TV Club, the new series with Rod Thomas from Bright Light, Bright Light, who's joining me to talk Murder, She Wrote. We're taping a bunch of those this month. We're going to go over our favorite Murder, She Wrote episodes, and you can do it along with us if you're part of the Patreon gang. In other exciting news, the Craig and Friends Presents Movie Club live event series kicks off January 17th at Leicester Square's legendary Prince Charles Cinema with William Friedkin's classic To Live and Die in L.A. Immediately following the film, I will be conducting a live Q&A slash movie club taping with none other than Wang Chung. So get your tickets now via the link in the episode bio or just go to the Prince Charles Cinema and make sure to rate and review this show right now on whatever app you're listening to it on. Doing a little ASMR stuff. No, I'm trying to do it so I don't have to hold it. Oh. Mm. Does that work? No, it doesn't. It kind of sounds, yeah. Yeah, it's super directional. Does that work? Mm, well, does, does that work? I'm not really? sure. Maybe. Are you going to sit in that position the whole time? Yeah, why not? Then I'm going to be looking at you, right? Yeah, that's why. I mean, why wouldn't you want to be? Girl, yeah. I just discovered the new tea. What's that? This pose. Oh, you don't yeah. have to hold the mic. No, that's right. And you can relax in comfort. It's a comfortable couch, isn't it? Girl, take a picture of me. Oh, I will. I think that's a keeper. Yeah, and that's good. It'll be good to use for the podcast mm-hmm. and to promote your new pose and microphone technique, which oh, I think. Oh, God. <laughs> How do I look pregnant and in a seatbelt? <laughs> I can take another one. No, I'm great. Okay, that's for, that's the look you want. That's pregnant, the reality. Pregnant 2020. Did you see Sherry O'Terry do 2020? No, I did not. It was so funny. She did Barbara Walters. She did Barbara oh, Walters. That's oh, 2020 do, with oh, okay. Anderson Cooper and... Um, oh, and Andy Cohen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I didn't see that. I, um, I should stop eating for recording. <laughs> Ah, yes, the fabulous sound of the Rolling Stones, who were used uh, extensively in Scorsese films, Goodfellas, and this. And the song is Can't You Hear Me Knockin'. And the film that we're discussing for Movie Club with myself and Willem is Casino. Casino. Yeah. The Casino. The Casino. I love the ca- I love Clams Casino mm-hmm. and uh, regular Ooh, casinos, th- right? That was a Dick Tracy character, Clams Casino, Yes, I think. that's right, yeah. Was yeah. that Al Pacino's character? Could have been. It could have been, yeah. Al Pacino's prosthetics in that were pretty impressive. Did you see the Irishman? It was like claymation. <laughs> I didn't mind it. Though. I did. I expected um, Rudolph to poke his head out, <laughs> and that little guy to lick the axe. Yeah, it did have that look at first. It, it, De Niro looked hot, young though. Yeah, but it, it it still threw me though because I was like, he looks young, but not as young as I think the character is supposed to be. De Niro was hot in Taxi Driver too, when he was all like punk. Oh, and like, that's him at his hottest. Or Dog Day Afternoon. Well, that's Pacino. Oh, but. 
similar. He was looks. hot then too. Yeah, he was. I'd fuck them all, <laughs> except Pesci. <laughs> when that blonde goes down on him, oh, we'll get to it. <laughs> Never mind. That was me. Oh, that was you. Yeah. Yeah. You, see, the the shock is that we're doing two movie clubs, but Willem's actually in both of the films. You <laughs> didn't know that his acting career started back then. It was a legal. I wore one of the dresses from the movie. You did the yellow and gold beaded number that Ginger wears in the montage where oh. she's tipping the drivers. I love. It was a Bob that. Mackie dress, and it was my drag mom's at EC2. She was doing the rentals, and I tried it on for a shoot. Yeah. I was like, this is so great. I love it. I knew the dress. Yeah. Alicia Silverstone wore it and was grabbing it, I guess. Uh-huh. Or whoever wore it last was grabbing it less. And the sign out said Alicia. Um, and all the beads in the crotch were gone because, like, she was probably too short for it. And okay. it was dragging, so she had to pick it up. And, like, that's where she was grabbing. Oh, okay. I thought maybe she was pawing at her crotch. Mm, maybe. Maybe she had a dog. I don't know. Oh, that's true, but, too. Um, the, it was damaged. And then the next time I came back to rent it, they're like, oh, we archived it. And I was like, no, I no, want that dress. No. Yeah. Of course. Actually, you know, I have a clip of Sharon Stone talking, I think, about that very same Mackie garment. Rita and John are the finest costumers and their detail is quite amazing. We had this Bob Mackie gown, just, I mean, that thing probably weighed 30 pounds. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one? Yeah. Because there's another one, the gold lace one, that's Mackie too. When they went to Bulgari for the jewelry, we got them to remake pieces that that they had from that period. We invented pieces, they found pieces in costume houses, Uh, but they even got me pieces to have, to wear, to hang out in, you know, between takes, like my trailer pieces I had, which I still have, a poochie jacket that was just what I could wear when I was in my trailer, so I didn't have to go completely out just between takes and those hours when you hang out. I think that's pretty cool. Like being method to the point of your costumes. A Pucci jacket sounds like a cool thing to hang out in your trailer in. I mean, I love Pucci. Mm-hmm. Emilio Pucci's like amazing. Pucci prints. Do you have any other favorite designers? From that era? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know. I liked I liked Halston a lot. Oh yeah, Halston's what he could fat. do with with one piece of a pattern and mm. one seam because mm. most of his stuff was one seam all cut on the bias. Right. I've just watched uh, most of that documentary on him on a, a plane recently. Have you seen the, the new documentary? No, I think what? it's new anyway. And I didn't know that about the cutting on the bias, and it blew my mind. About, oh yeah, he yeah. was amazing. Yeah. When was the first time you saw a Casino? I was a kid. I'm sure. Did you see it in the theater? No, it came out in what ninety eight or ninety six. Ninety five. No, I didn't see it in the theater. Maybe on Showtime or HBO because okay. my parents had that. Yeah. So I remember seeing it and just going like, oh, I'm all of these people. <laughs> yeah, I want all the clothing. I've been to jail for fighting. Oh, okay. Um, I've run hoes. Yeah. And I've been a hoe. So like, I feel like I'm everybody in this movie. Have you spent a decent amount of time in Vegas? Yes, I did. Rock of Ages there uh, in oh. 2006. Okay. I think for like a couple weeks, mm-hmm. I gained seven pounds in less than a month. Congratulations. The That's cafeteria impressive. in these casinos are so good. Oh, you don't even right. know. That's why the cafeteria scene, I was like, stop ragging on them for the muffins. <laughs> like you can get an omelet 24 7. See, I didn't really. And we were at the Flamingo. Oh, okay. I didn't know where to stay at, in Vegas when I went mm-hmm. to interview Pizadora and Goss Charlotte. And so I just I stayed at the Sahara because I got a good deal in a hotel tonight, mm-hmm. but it was like under construction or something. So I didn't really find any of those buffets. It didn't really do Vegas properly because I was just there 
target purpose. But mm-hmm. I'm going back on my birthday, Sean Cassidy is playing. And so I'm going back to Vegas and I don't know where to stay yet. So if you have a recommendation for me. Um, I know, but Hash House of Go-Go. Hash House of Go-Go? It's a really good restaurant with a giant okay. pancake as big as a plate. Uh-huh. And where did I stay? When I go for Charlie's or um, or Piranha, they always put me at this one hotel and it's across the street from Med Men. Oh, okay. Strip, so it's convenient. I forget. Okay, well, I'll look up MedMen mm-hmm. and see what's around there, there on the Google Maps. So let's get into some of the listener comments and questions for Casino. The first one is for you from Critica Darling. And Critica asks, to your knowledge, have you ever been passed over for an acting role because of your work as a drag queen? Um, I don't know for certain if I have, but I was cast by April Webster twice in one or two days, one for Criminal Minds and then um, Christian Slater pilot called The Forgotten mm-hmm. and in, they were both boy roles and they weren't necessarily gay. One was like a drunk guy at a club and one was a homeless kid mm-hmm. or a hustler. Something happened where like somebody in the office after I got cast said like, oh, you do drag? And I was like, yeah, never called me in again for anything. Really? And I was like, you cast me twice in like this period of 36 hours and you've never called me in again right because Fuck. now you know something about me no i don't know if that was it at all oh i see i'm okay. speculating though sure sure but, like they never called me in again and like Emma webster cast like star wars mission impossible she's oh, huge okay yeah so the fact that i got cast by her in two days yeah was amazing and then i was like oh my god this is it this right is it. i'm gonna start get an agent sure it never happened oh that's so <laughs> frustrating no it's i'm happy for the successes you, where they come you have a really good attitude with that stuff yeah i try to remember that that's why i'm totally wildly speculating yeah i don't think this probably isn't true and i probably should probably shut up <laughs> <laughs> maybe they, they had your number wrong or something maybe they, uh, they had the number for this hotline wrong because this is a casino hotline that's right this <laughs> and the casino hotline is getting back on track so thank you critica but we are going to move on to andromeda belly dancer and web tomlin who asks husband and i or rather states husband and i watch this movie on the regular i am so excited i feel like willem can really relate to ginger i saw this film in the theater with my first serious boyfriend in 95 when i was 16 did you I- suck him <laughs> yeah respond to that milk fed veal (laughs) milk fed what point in the film is the best time for a little bit ahead (sighs) i mean would it be too on the nose to be when pesci has the blonde go down on him or um when sharon changes into the short hair because I, yeah. I don't like it when she gets messy, when she's her own worst enemy. At that point, we know where it's going. And, yeah. the, and the fun fashion montage is done. So, But I do love the looks that she has. But that, that wig was boo-boo. Yeah, yeah. It looked so bad that it looked like it was supposed to look fake. Yeah. The back with the flip out yeah. where you could see there's just a track shoved up there. <laughs> no hair would have grown like that or been cut like that. And yet she was in this mullet wig. Yeah. She she would never. Ginger would never. Yeah. And the fact that Sharon let them put Ginger in that, I was just like, wow. Because, okay. you know, she really committed to the whole Ginger journey. She stopped eating, basically, towards the end of uh, production when they were shooting all the stuff with the... Cause Where I, she I looked think, emaciated, yeah. Yeah, exactly. She dieted down. And she was, like, kind of losing her mind. Because also, Sharon did her own driving at the oh, yeah. uh, in the scene where she's smashing on, into on, Ace's onto car. The lawn. Yeah. That I know about that house too. Really? Tell me about that so, house. When production found it and wanted to use it, they apparently uh had to like take down a few walls. Uh-huh. The whole upper like bedroom area yeah. lounge yeah. was like is actually the living room of that house. Oh wow. And like they took down a wall and they put it back up after they can they they uh 
they Noxies were done and, and stuff. It, yeah, yeah, all that. Wow. But like uh, that house was like real specific and amazing. Everything about the film is so specific. The location scout, like God bless them. Mm-hmm. Like so great. Yeah. And they got everything good before they tore it down in Vegas. Oh yeah, that's right. No old Vegas really exists. I mean, anymore, I think right? the front of um, the casino that they use as like the the hero casino in the movie yeah. is based off the Flamingo, which is where I did Rock of Ages. So like, oh, okay. I love that front with the the neon lights. It yes. looks like the breast of a flamingo going up. Yeah. Like, but they don't have the top of it. Uh-huh. I think that's what they used as like the. Okay. Yeah. Know, it's iconic. Right. And uh, it was the Tangiers, right? Tangiers. Yeah. yeah. You know the names of the all change. Uh, yeah. Right. Exactly. So you know about it was it Frank Lefty Rosenthal. Uh, was Sam Ace Rothstein, mm-hmm. and then Jerry McGee was Ginger McKenna, and Tony Spilotro became Nikki. Um, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Nikki with the gray haircut, the crew cut. Uh, no, Nikki um, Pesci's character. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So they changed the names and stuff, but all the stuff happened. And I actually, um, later on, we'll hear some clips from the real Frank Rothstein show. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Frank Rosenthal show. That's, yeah, yeah. It gets confusing. <laughs> oh, but back to Sharon and her driving. And I really wanted to do my own driving when I smashed up his car and drove my car into the back of his car. And I have to tell you, there was a point when I hit his car and my bumper got hooked on the back of the bumper and I put the car in reverse and the car was just grinding and it was pulling the car. There are very few times in my life when I felt that kind of just down in my guts exhilaration where it was, I was just loving beating the shit out of that car. Where it was just so fantastic, the freedom of that kind of rage is really fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> I love her interviews. She's amazing. She really is. You remember her PSA about a stroke? No, but I remember her saying she had to work her way up through television again. And like television was a bad thing in an interview after like she had her aneurysm or whatever. Um, oh, she had an aneurysm? Yeah. She's like, all that was like, she, she had a, a couple of um, health problems, I think. Oh, okay. But one was an aneurysm or something. Yeah the movie star thing was like taken away basically. Oh, I didn't realize she felt that. Like, and yeah. like, then she literally said, I had to work my way up through television roles. I would have never taken blah, blah, blah. Wow. Or something like that. I was like, don't deride television. Television is a lot of great shit. Yeah. Amazing stuff. And at the moment and for a long time now, television is basically where it's at for a lot of really interesting and experimental and creative stuff that wouldn't see the light of day in cinema now because of the way yeah. that uh, studios Pickles. run. What's Mr. Pickles? Uh, it's uh, Mr. Pickles. It's this uh, demon dog cartoon. Oh, okay. Um, it's really cool. I'll have to look that up. I'll have to check it out. I'm a little behind the newer stuff. Oh my God. This guy was fucking uh, after he's like, I was like, what do you want? You want to watch TV? And he's like, yeah, put on Mr. Pickles. And I was like, all right. <laughs> it was so fucking great. There's something you should know about me. I'm cold. I'm calculating. I get what I want. If you get in my way, I'll wreak havoc upon you. I can leave you weak, limp, twisted, confused. If you want to live to see tomorrow, you answer to me. And you answer quickly. I am a stroke. Learn to recognize a stroke and act quickly. Time lost is brain lost. That's a good one. I am a stroke. Uh, I, I was, I was in it and I felt it and I wasn't making fun of it until she said, I am a strop. <laughs> that tipped the scales then, no, right? Bitch. So then we go back to Andromeda Belly Dancers, uh, post 
she saw the film in the theater with her first serious boyfriend and she brings up a really great point she says i actually just fell into a showgirl's internet rabbit hole because i was looking at casino film facts and realized it's about the dude who ran the stardust the hotel where the show goddess is playing in showgirls I also discovered there are at least two Showgirls documentaries I must see now. That's true. There's one that's released and there's one that's still to come out, I think. Directed yeah. by Jeffrey Schwartz. Yeah. Who did the Divine it. Doc and uh, the Tap Hunter Doc. Have you seen... Uh, the Tap Hunter was great, yeah. Yeah. No, he, his stuff is good. fantastic. I love that one. I, I still have to see Vito. He did that one as well. So is there a question in there? Uh, sometimes they're just comments. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love that there's a some kind of tie to Showgirls. I'd like to think that... Uh, frank or ace whichever version we want to mm-hmm. pick would have some kind of say in hiring that show in because he also hired siegfried and roy yeah and in the movie you see the tigers like i love that it's, it's the same thing i love that they changed the names though i know they- yeah <laughs> i'd love to see the deleted scenes from this there must be so much oh i mean God. if it's three hours you know he had a four-hour cut absolutely if not yeah. five right now i think it could have been great as like the irishman but like yes yeah who knows did you like the irishman in general it was long it was long but i didn't mind it because also it took me where i didn't expect mm-hmm. it to go i didn't realize it would be so much about sort of mortality who is this person that wrote in what's your name oh andromeda belly dancer andromeda belly dancer if you like showgirls read the book hollywood animal by joe esterhaas it's got oh, i've got to read that it's one chapter about his cleveland like upbringing and then one chapter about hollywood and it reverses that way the whole book oh wow and it's got so many showgirls tidbits and stuff about like basic instinct and like just screenwriter Mm -hmm. um politics back in the day and it's fascinating and like it talks about sharon stone auditioning for nomi and crystal oh i didn't know she did Charlize theron auditioned for nomi wow drew barrymore was trying to be nomi madonna wanted to be crystal but wouldn't get script approval really so she wouldn't do it wow um there were so many things joe Strauss was the highest paid screenwriter at the time mm-hmm. after um sliver and basic instinct mm-hmm. and, uh i think he did total recall i think he did in flash dance too i think Maybe. I don't remember. He did a ton of them. Like, yeah, he was like the biggest guy. Yeah. He was like the darling. Of and the like a, a crazy drug fiend. The book is so fun. There's a little bit of an outtake that I was able to find of Don Rickles. Now, I would love to see oh. all the stuff of him because he just would. Just cutting up. Yeah, exactly. Cutting up. That's actually how I have it labeled. Rickles cut up. Girl. I love a cut up. <laughs> Let's see. It's where... like being with um, Shangela when she's. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Shangela cuts up. Does she? She just cuts up out the side of her mouth to whoever's next to her, <laughs> and it is so fun. I say something. You're supposed to say I should have known better. <laughs> For the kind of money you're making, what's, read the what's, card. What's, <laughs> Learn the thing. You gotta pop out trailer. Sit in there and study. <laughs> with your method acting, with the breathing, with the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the lines, and let's get out of here. <laughs> say the lines and let's get out of here <laughs> i would like a whole disc of just that stuff because there's got to be at least an oh. hour and a half of that do you have a favorite musical sequence what's the rolling stone oh the stones uh, where she's the, screaming uh, uh, oh give me shelter because yes give me shelter yeah yeah that like it's i incredible. love and just knowing that like she recorded that vocal in like house slippers and curlers yeah pregnant yeah like eight <laughs> months they call her down and she it's one of the most iconic mm-hmm. vocals ever put to track you know yeah. it's so fucking cool yeah and it's such an atmospheric track and the way that scorsese uses stone's stuff in his movies is incredible like monkey man and goodfellas during that whole cocaine helicopter paranoia sequence mm-hmm. it's just unbelievable and i think they don't really let their stuff be used in the films that freely i think i think or is it them or zeppelin one of them but he they're both real judicious yeah and I, but with him they'll let him do whatever he wants 
Waylam Chong writes, Craig, thank you for bringing back Willem Wisdom for Movie Club. Well, I'm happy to have Willem here for Movie Club. Uh, love you both. I oh, love you, Waylam. And my question is for both of you. What's your preferred place to stay in Vegas and why? I think we might have touched on this already. So you said the... Um, I used to trick around at the Rumor Hotel. That was great because it was mm-hmm. across from a CVS and a good sushi spot. And the Hard Rock. Oh, okay. I've never been there. Uh, Bruno Mars got arrested at his own show there for doing cocaine in the bathroom. I love... It's Are you like serious? My favorite story about the Hard Rock. I was like, how are you going to invite a rock star? Have him kill <laughs> and like do an amazing show, yeah, and then get arrested for doing coke in the his in the bathroom. In his bathroom. What's he supposed to do? Knit? He's a fucking rock star, <laughs> and he's tucked away in the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, how's anyone supposed to know about that? Um, if you have unlimited money, I'd say the MGM Skylofts mm-hmm. um, are my favorite. Uh, I liked the MGM Grand. We stayed. I forget where we stayed for New Year's. Mm-hmm. Somewhere amazing. I forget. Maddie writes, Ginger's style has always reminded me a little bit of Willem. Everything she wears looks like something uh, he would wear as well, and it would be a great Halloween costume for Willem. Also, this is one of my favorite movies, and I'm so glad y'all are doing it. That's good. I like the enthusiasm from everyone. Yeah. Jen B writes, love this movie. Sharon Stone is fabulous in this movie. Can't argue with any of that. I think she won a Golden Globe and was nominated for an Oscar. Yes, she she wasn't. She was stunned that she was uh, nominated for a golden globe i guess because i guess maybe because of uh, critical bullshit or something like that she just didn't expect it I don't know. but her performance is how could you not amazing yeah. it reminds me also there's a funny thing about scorsese and like him overlooking flaws uh, technical flaws if the performances are amazing does something go out of focus what happens well there's a camera dip and he let it go? He lets it go if it's so intense you don't notice it. And I never noticed it until I was watching a documentary mm-hmm. about his... So there's a scene in The Departed when Alec Baldwin's character figures out that there's a rat on the other side. He grabs a guy and throws him against the wall, but he wasn't supposed to because the wall is fake and the wall bends. But you don't notice it because you're so wrapped up in the scene. Your drinking's getting way out of hand. I'm going to get you into a program. I got plenty of good ones. You don't need one. Yes, you do. It's very discreet. There's no names in the papers. You don't have to worry about any of that. That's all you care about. <laughs> you don't care about me yes, at all. Yes, I do. No, you don't. How could you say that? You're a beautiful woman. You're destroying yourself. You don't need that stuff. and You don't need that fucking leech living off you. I know you're better than you yourself. You're a tiger. You're stronger than I am. And when you set your mind on doing something, you do it better than anybody. <laughs> Let's talk for a minute about that relationship, Ace and Ginger. <laughs> well, just because you make your regular stop paying doesn't mean it's still not your John. <laughs> like, why is she catching, acting like she's catching feelings, crying? It's like, you knew the deal from the start. Now you're going to play like he's like not being a good husband. You were never a good wife. It was a transaction. And yeah. I don't understand how he let her get that twisted. He knew the deal from the get. She knew the deal from the get. Right. And then all of a sudden she's playing like yeah. she didn't like she's violating her terms of the contract too. Yeah. Over and over. Yeah. She always accuses him of treating her poorly and all this stuff, which we don't see at all. And there's no apparent Can't make a whole housewife. She was, you know, and God bless some people always like, uh, kind of rag on sex workers. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was one ginger was one to a degree every like every industry it, there's a lot of different kind of people but like there's definitely some damaged people in there okay in that industry uh-huh. and um you know i was one of them for a while too and mm-hmm. like i see a little bit of myself in ginger um but like i'm good now well, now what kind of damage like i don't know something like they might have been molested when they were young mm-hmm. i had to start having sex when i was like 
nine and then oh, wow. like 11 mm-hmm. with like you know neighborhood whatever and so like that probably wasn't good for me and maybe led to damage i love it though i mean for me it was fun yeah and i don't think so but maybe it affected my brain maybe it's why i went into sex work maybe i just like pretty woman a lot <laughs> i did yeah. i watched it constantly like yeah. from like 12 13 14 i got to watch like 20 minutes before my parents got home from school and mm-hmm. then i'd have to put it on the vhs rack again oh and really I, yeah because I was a latchkey kid and I would like just watch Pretty Woman. I loved it. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to be a hooker. Mm-hmm. And I was. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you find that there was any uh, damage as a result of sex work? Was that no, what you were good. saying? No, no. I was just curious if you meant that, uh, which way you meant the, the damage. Oh, um, I think people that get into it sometimes um, do it because they have no other options. And, um, and that's never a reason that you want to have to do something. Sure, I think. sure. Um, I was doing it because I was going to be doing it anyway. I was right. a fucking slutty teenager. Yeah, and you wanted with to my own apartment in the city when I was sixteen. Right, like, right. It was going to happen. Yeah. So why not get some money for it anyway? Mm-hmm. That was my theory. Um, and you know, I was, I wouldn't want me as a child. I was crazy. <laughs> like, I graduated high school early, and then I bolted and got emancipated, and like just did my own thing and like i did everything all all my own things now do you have a relationship with your family now great good good they helped me get emancipated oh i didn't know that yeah Yeah, i was done with school early and then like when you're done with school the natural progression is to leave and i didn't get into any colleges so uh (laughs) i just went north and by like i remember my friends were at homecoming and it was like uh i think like september october and i was on set filming oh wow getting my sad card for my first job yeah i've always been impressed at your i guess rate of success or well at one point i was one of a few doing it now i'm one of a hundred something mm-hmm. doing it at least there's like you know before it was like me kelly mantle jasmine um not jasmine masters jasmine her name's j-z-z-m-u-n mm-hmm it would just be like us three and then a couple other people at an audition for like whatever show we were all going in for. Mm -hmm. And then, um, the industry got wider and we started to see, uh, actual trans people playing trans roles, which is amazing when like, I remember seeing Jamie Clayton's name on a sign and going like, Oh, I know her from, um, transform me, which was her and Laverne's show. Mm -hmm. I think, I'm happy that I'm still able to be successful with so many other amazing peers in my industry now. Sure, and yeah. Like, you know, there's so many. I think also it's I've always found impressive to your de- determination and focus and sort of vision for what you wanted to do and enacting that at such a young age. Uh, stupidity, <laughs> right? Because you can call the, it because I look back want. now and I say the chances of anybody making it a modicum of this far. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> and like I, I'm cool in my mm-hmm. in my head. I, I did it. I'm retired. Right. The hard stuff's over. Yeah. Well, also, and that ties into with the other thing I, I admire about you. One of many things, Willem. One oh, of many things. Up. Well, listen, we're going to talk like Vegas showbiz stuff. This is how they talk to the, uh, the entertainers, right? Uh, the um, My next entertainer needs no introduction. <laughs> Frankie Valley. <laughs> Eight kids, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Eight kids. Uh, uh, my pleasure. Please, please. Yeah, it was nothing. I would love to have the entire collection of the Frank Rosenthal show. First of all, the outfit that he has on when he's doing the TV show is Brash. amazing. It's so good. I, I want all of his clothes. His, I want um, his uh, Ed McMahon girl, though. The one. Yes. Every scene. If you watch her in any scene she's in, she doesn't blink. It's just <laughs> mouth breathing, just lusty, busty, gorgeous. I love her. I identify with her a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I also identify with Pesci's wife a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I love when she's shaking the diamonds out of her hair. Mm-hmm. 
I love how Scorsese just shows the brutality of stuff very frankly. Like, you know, he just casually slaps her. And then and kisses then, her. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't shy away from any... I've definitely... Growing up in Philly, I've seen men do that for sure. Really? Yeah. I literally... Not like that, but like literally like... Sm- like And then smush her face and then kiss her. And like, girl... I've seen women laugh it off and I've seen women get mad by it. Yeah. And if anyone ever did that to me, I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to know. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever see any actual real mobster types hanging around any places that you were at? Yes. The lady that did my mom's hair was, um, her last name was Luciano and she was Lucky Luciano's niece. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there were people all over. My grandma um, ran numbers out on her bar, Waterfront Vicks. Oh, in Philly, it reminds me, um, in the Irishman. I'm Irish. So McMurtry, that was my grandma's bar, uh-huh. my, her maiden name. Um, and Second Street in Philly was two blocks from where we lived, mm-hmm. which is the Irish neighborhood. Another thing that both films, Irishman and this, do point out is that how the mob is basically tied into... So everything. Many, yeah, ev- absolutely everything. One time I videotaped a deposition in uh, Boston and it was a lawyer who was sort of like the, a very, very low ranking uh, affiliate of the Whitey Bulger crew. Mm-hmm. And they were going through a list of uh, various entertainment venues and restaurants that were owned by these shell companies that had these very innocuous names like Sunrise Corporation, but they were all mob companies. Yeah. And it was amazing the depth and breadth of the what they owned. Yeah. It's everywhere and uh, in everything. So God bless. Uh, we love the mob. So if anyone's listening who's in the mob, don't take us the wrong way. You think the mob killed Kennedy? That's a good question. Because and- the whole thing with like Cuba and his brother and all that. I was just, just reading something about that and I was like, never mind, never mind. <laughs> never mind. We can't get in on all that. I'm crazy. <laughs> we'll do a JFK movie club no. sometime. <laughs> oh, we, you should have Wilson Cruz for that. Oh, okay. He's um he's in that. He plays um one of the boys in New Orleans, I think. Oh, that'd be fab. Yeah, and he's he's in I I I click or listen to anything that I see Wilson attached to. Well, I'd love that if uh, you connect me to Wilson. Uh, I don't know his number. Okay. Well, I'll reach out to he's him. He's like on one social. of those people I've seen I see and I'm like, "Hi." And he's oh, always really sure. nice to me. Yeah. I love like those even scenes with John Candy. Candy. Yeah. He's so, John Candy is like, I'm so sad that he died. I know, me too. Can you imagine what he'd be doing now? Incredible stuff and maybe more dramatic stuff. Ooh. Because comedians in dramatic roles, well, as we'll get into in the other mm-hmm. movie club with Andrew Dice Clay or um, I'm trying to think of who else. Well, Rickles is Billy oh, Sherbert. Oh, Andrew Dice Clay. Sh- okay, we'll save that for sure. Yeah, we'll save that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Billy Sherbert. It's a great role for Don Rickles. I wish there was more. I know, me too. I mean, I'd watch you, the, yeah. but just seeing uh, when they beat him with that phone. That is insane. Oh. Insane. Oh. I know. <laughs> and also, You the, ever been beat with a phone? I have. You have? Oh, yeah. My mom beat me with a phone off the wall once. Oh, no. Because if you're going to get hit with a landline phone, forget it. That's... Uh, oh, yeah. It was yellow. Of course it was yellow. Yeah. No, I, I was hoping for an avocado green. We mm-hmm. had an avocado green no, uh, one at my place. My parents place. have better taste than that. <laughs> and there was floral wallpaper in the kitchen and the avocado green phone on the wall. It was quite a scene. Mm. I wish there was pictures of it. Actually... It sounds like a growth. <laughs> the dining room at one point at my parents' house almost looked like something from Goodfellas because there was square mirrors mm-hmm. and, and there was this glittery wallpaper. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had um, a, just sort of like a sample size of that room <laughs> that I could show people. You know what I mean? Like put it on the bar. Jen B writes, love this movie. Sharon Stone is so fab in this movie. She makes dying in the hallway of a drug house look so glam. I'd like a, another film, a spinoff film about Ginger's last year in LA. Oh, no. <laughs> you don't like when Ginger no. goes down the, uh-uh. tumble down the road. Well, again, you said you sort of identify with Ginger. I, we should get back to a little bit about Ginger's personality disorder. Which one do you think it is? 
obviously the relationship with Lester at with the abuse and the the gaslighting that he's done to her over yeah. the years has taken its toll on her and like it's a shame she has turned to drugs like i like drugs for fun i don't yeah. use drugs to cope ever sure. and i think that um i wish ginger had a happier ending so i don't like the end okay but you know it's yeah what's well, true to life yeah it's fine yeah lester and ginger's relationship is fascinating and james woods is i think it's the best role he's ever done <laughs> except the no it, he was it, great in hercules I didn't see Hercules. And also, he's, of course, amazing in video drum. I, I'm a big fan of his work. I think he's a crazy Republican. Isn't he's he? a horrific person. His opinions are grotesque. Yeah. Hmm. And um, he's uh, well, really the world needs all Twitter. types. Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> yeah. But he's a great he gave actor. Us something to talk about right there, at least. Mm-hmm. He did. So thank you, James Woods. There's also a great movie called The Boost, I think, with him and Sean Young about they, they play two cokeheads. A lot of good James Woods 80s films. So Jen wants to know, what's your favorite ginger look? You first. The beaded Mackie, the okay, yellow, and go, it's yeah. a chevron beading, halter, low back. Mm-hmm. Ugh, so good. I do have a fondness for the short hair, weird uh, mullet thing later go fuck on. fuck yourself. <laughs> I, no, okay, I'll tell you what my favorite look of hers is. When she's about to seduce Nikki, it's like close to that time, and she's wearing that black the halter jumpsuit. Yeah, I love that. She looks amazing. She looks great there. Yeah, she does. Yeah, that's a really good one. I also oh well, close second is Mm. the looks when he's showing her the mink coat Mm. and she has the the headscarf. She looks great when she wears the purple lace top with the palazzo pant and like a purple shoe when she meets Jennifer and Nikki first time. Yes, it's like an upshot, and she just stands there and you see jennifer just go like fuck and like pesci's just floored because she's like you know she's gorgeous Mm -hmm. she's so gorgeous i was rereading the book casino Mm because in the book came out concurrent with the film unlike goodfellas the book was wise guy so nick pelleggi wrote it in tandem and co-wrote the script i think with scorsese Mm -hmm. and in the book there's a bit about lefty and jerry and apparently she said the one time when they were in bed, she's like, you've never had anyone like me before, have you? And he's like, what do you mean? And she was like, well, you've never been with anyone that looks like me, have you? And he was like, no. And she just sort of smiled. And that passage to me read really spooky. You know what I mean? Like sort of she knew that she had him. Mm-hmm. But also another scary thing was uh, in real life, there was three kids and she didn't want to have the last kid. And the last kid was a a, a girl. And she would let the middle kid, the boy, beat up on the the, the girl because she <laughs> resented the girl. She would not step in. The one time the real-life Nikki, Tony Spilotro, pulled uh, the real-life Ace aside and said, there's something wrong with Ginger. you got to talk with her. They went on a car ride, and the girl is being beaten up by the boy. And he's like, you got to stop that. And she wouldn't stop it. She kind of like enjoyed watching the girl get savaged by the other kid because wow. she resented the kid so much smacks of narcissistic personality disorder i don't know a lot of things histrionic shouldn't have been a parent exactly jen's favorite look is uh the black halter top one. Oh, so mm. there you go um we share uh, that in common jen and uh she says the one she wears in the scene where joe P- pesci pushes her head down to give him a, a blow job i first watched this movie when i was probably 17 in 1998 and i thought that that move was so romantic if anyone did that to me now i would probably bite them looking forward to this movie club well thank you jen now flat baby says hello friends hello flat baby hello 
Got to say that I would never have watched Casino if it weren't for the love of Whimsically Volatile and oh, the wow. MC. How lovely is that? That's cool. Isn't that great? Yeah. Generally, I assume mob movies and gambling flicks are what straight guys jerk off to. But instead, you gave <laughs> me a story about a guy begging his drug-addicted wife to go to rehab and stop abducting their child. In other words, something guys probably aren't jerking off to, but there's got to be one or two of them out there, right? I honestly can jerk off to The Departed. Really? Now, which part? The violence and the accent. <laughs> So you love a good violence scene. Yeah. And knowing that, you know, like Mark Wahlberg grew up committing hateful, racist, tirade crimes on those streets. Right. And like he's he's in that movie. Yes, he is. Yeah. So it's like so weird and like kind of like, oh, wow, his record was expunged, but the words he used weren't. And it's just like, you know, right. you forgive, you forget and all that. But it's like and now you're in that. It's like, like, what the fuck? It is very strange. Yeah. Like. If I, I would have stayed away from that. Never mind. <laughs> I liked uh, that he did a film on Boston mob stuff because I'm from that area. It's a very weird scene down there. And now it's weird that Winter Hill, where Whitey Bulger mm-hmm. basically ran things, is now a very, very, very upmarket condo type area. Like the prices in Boston are almost uh, in New York level, mm-hmm. which is insane because there's nothing going on there. <laughs> um Flat Baby continues with, aside from always being down for a dramatic stumbling sequence by Ms. Stone, I was reminded to never underestimate Martin Scorsese's artistic skill, adore his other non-mafia or boxing-based films, and it it took me two days to finish, but I did enjoy it. Well, I'm really happy to hear that, Flat Baby. Yeah, it's good. Oh, Flat Baby has more. A little character probe. Even though Sam is technically committing crimes from the start, it seems fairly easy to fall into empathy for him. He's just trying to run the casino and avoid drama, be successful, and care for his family. There are certainly people who are creating a load of trouble for him, but by the end of three hours, it seems like he's just a little delusional about the business and era he's in. Of course, there are drugs, violence, and bad press, and theft, and lawsuits. It feels like he deflects too much blame, commending himself, and vilifying everyone else. What do you think of that? Um, I think it's wrong. I think mm-hmm. that um, in the beginning, it is his first legit off-the-streets bookie job, and it's legal in Nevada. He wasn't a criminal technically. Yeah. Was he um, colluding and aiding and abetting criminals? Probably all that time. But was he committing actual crimes? I don't think at that point he would be considered one. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, but it, I also have to pee. Is that okay? okay that, absolutely <laughs> fine. Yeah, anytime you need a break. Yeah. Okay, we've both urinated and now we're ready for more casino. Oh, I'm piss play. I love this scene where we sort of get a, I think, an immediate sense of Nikki's viciousness. What is yours? Yeah, that's my pen. Oh, it's a nice pen. I just didn't know what it was. I thought it was yours. I didn't want it to get lost. Well, thank you. Why don't you take that fucking pen and shove it up your ass? Fucking jag off. Stuff you. Stuff you. Stuff you. (laughs) Did you ever watch the TNT edit? No, I never did. It's so terrible. Oh my god, wait, that's amazing. TNT or USA. Okay, you hear, you hear a little girl, Frankie? You hear a little girl, Ace? Is that a little fucking girl? What happened to the fucking tough guy I told my friend stick it up his fucking ass? Yeah, the TV version of this must be wild. I've never seen that, but like, it's incredible what they substitute. So in Repo Man, instead of motherfucker, they use melon farmer. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone said that on the streets in L.A. in the no, early 80s. Farmer. Yeah. So stuff you... The editing for that, the TV version of this must have been wild. 
I don't know. Must have taken longer than the actual editing of the film. You mind coming to us outside? You're out there. I ain't going anywhere with you. You're out here. Stuff you! Stuff you! You know who you're messing with? Huh? Do you? No. You filthy maggot! You know who you're messing with? Salted Billy. Then I walked over to him politely. Tells me to go stuff myself. What? Then he called me a maggot. So what? Hold on. Hey, come here. You called my friend a maggot? You told him to go stop himself? Is that what you did? You told him to go stop himself? You stinky horseman who is smelling cockroach. You, you mess me up over there. I'll stick you in a hole in the filthy desert. You understand? Move in. Apologize. Okay, get your butt out. Because if you come back here, we catch either one. We're going to break your stinking heads and you won't walk out of here. You see that stinking saw? We're going to use it. You don't mess around in this place. You got it? I see you, you maggot eaters. So what? So who freaking knew you in the parking lot before you came in, huh? You make me sick. Once a filthy hooker, always a hooker. Freak you. Freak you, Sam Rothstein. Freak you. Get it over with. Hey, don't be such a stinking smart aleck, will ya? I mean, I know this stinking guy. 35 years, I'm gonna just whack him for you? Oh, brother. Oh, the other thing about that scene that's interesting is that whole thing was improvised. Oh, the, is this your pen? Yeah. 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 It gives so much info on the character of Ace, too. Just kind of like he's just confused as as to why this guy is being a dick to him. About Sam, whether he's delusional or not, I think he gets a little sort of distracted from the main focus when he he's sort of fighting the uh, gaming commission and all that stuff and making a lot of noise. But mm-hmm. at the same time, he's right. He's right. He's very much right. But I've been right, and I should have shut up a couple times too. See, that's the thing, and also it would have been a lot easier too. But like when you feel vilified and maligned, mm-hmm. no one else is going to defend you. So like I don't blame him. But at yeah. the same time, maybe a different suit. I like when uh, Nikki's telling him that he's lost control, hmm. and he's like, "You with the, you look like John Barrymore with your fucking pink bathrobe and his cigarette, cigarette holder." holder. <laughs> uh, De Niro has a trick with um, this. He would always hold the cigarette near uh, at the same spot near the end, so continuity wise, they'd be able to cut back and forth. Oh wow! Without it burning down and stuff. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that I makes remember- sense. I remember reading that somewhere about the movie. Because I also remember that Scorsese, again, doesn't pay attention to the continuity stuff. There was some, uh, one of his editors or him in his Can't be worse than Friends. Oh, his Friend's pretty bad oh my with God. that? Jen Aniston, her hair would always be like behind her ear, not behind her ear. Like, <laughs> I would watch it. I've, I, I, a friend was watching it recently and they binged a bunch of episodes and it kept bugging me. Mm-hmm. My favorite continuity goof in a movie is, I think, Jaws 4 with Michael Caine. He's pulled out of the water and, and rescued and sits down in the boat. They cut to someone else. They cut back to him and he's completely dry. Probably the only reason to watch that film. <laughs> you know, Michael Caine would pick films based on the, what time of year it was and whether it was a tropical location. Uh, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. And of course, how much he was going to get paid. Jesse Rosen writes, hi, Willem and Craig. Well, hi, Jesse. Hi. Wow, watching this movie was a trip. Sharon Stone losing your shit towards the end has to be a highlight. Gagged at the head-squishing scene, but overall loved it, so thanks. Let's talk about the violence in this because even on my recent rewatching, I still can't watch fully the scene of the head and the vice. I get real squeamish and I have to put my hand over my eyes. Why? It's fake. I don't, but certain things just do that for me. Like, I can't watch surgery scenes. Like, nip-tuck, I can't watch the surgery stuff. Hmm. I guess you don't share that same... Uh, aversion do you have anything in a film that uh you can't watch no i um i probably wouldn't watch a snuff film well no i wouldn't watch that either yeah i caught someone watching dog porn once really uh-huh. now how did you catch them watching it because i stood up too quick while i was blowing them and they were watching <laughs> it on the phone <laughs> 
Uh, listen, if you're going to catch someone watching dog porn, I guess that's the best uh, scenario. So what happened then? Did you stop blowing them? me. Oh, okay. So you were like, put the computer away. Yeah. Mm, no, it was his phone. Um, oh, okay. We'd, we'd been fucking for years, like over a decade probably. Oh, okay. And then uh, that was the first time I saw that. And um, the next time I saw him, I definitely didn't blow him because I was like, if he's fucking dogs, yeah, I don't want his dick in my mouth anymore. Sure, sure. It's just my butt. Now, the dog porn he was watching... <laughs> Was it uh, blowing the dogs? You know how uh, things will be seared into your mind mm-hmm. and you'll never forget? Yeah. It was a German Shepherd. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. And the German Shepherd was having fun, it looked like. Okay. The German Shepherd was fucking someone. <laughs> well, Jesse was gagged at the head squishing scene. I'm gagged at that. Yeah, I wouldn't want to watch that again. Yeah. And it's uh, like the millisecond that I saw it before he pulled the phone away, I was like... So did it give you pause? The stillness. To, yeah. <laughs> pause, P-A-W-S. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Next question. I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, let's see. So Jesse wants to know, for both of us, what our favorite scenes are in the movie. Mm. That's a tough one. Every sequence is amazing. My favorite scene is the ginger montage scene, because tipping is not just a city in China. Tipping is like, you know. It's a way to make things move someone told me i went i went to a bar and they said um (laughs) they said we've had we've had over you know 50 girls from drag race here and you're the only one who's ever tipped me really what wow it was a bartender and i i mean most girls probably like have drinks in the back or whatever but like i was just like he got me drinks all night and so i tipped him at the end of the night and he's like thank you and i was like who doesn't tip ew exactly I think if you don't grow up seeing your parents tipping and it is a way of life with like handyman and like the mailman and like sure. Christmas and you know, yeah. an envelope and like a dollar dance at a wedding and that kind of stuff. Like you don't know the culture that it is kind of and like how important it is and the decency of it yeah. really. And that's another aspect to the, the mob culture that is depicted in the films. There's a, a highly relatable aspect to it in the aspect of when they take care of people like, until they kill them. Take care of your own and be fierce about it until you have to kill your own. Right. There's problems with the setup, sure. Ginger's mission in life was money. Can we get a See you, Ginger. Okay, thank you for asking. She was a queen around the casino. She brought in high rollers and helped them spread around a lot of money. Hello. Hey, Ginger, how you doing? Great, and I have something for you. You got me covered? Thank for you, you there. Do. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself. That's a lucky place for you, Annie. Who didn't want Ginger? She was one of the best-known, best-liked, and most respected hustlers in town. Smart hustlers like her could keep a guy awake for two or three days before sending him home broke to the little woman and his bank examiners. There's another thing about the movie I love, and that it shows that people get hung up on their fantasies of things. So Ace gets hung up on the fantasy of his life with Ginger. Nicky's hung up on his own fantasy because eventually he thinks that maybe he can uh, replace the whole infrastructure of the mob mm-hmm. with his own thing. Right? Hilarious. Which is insane. Yeah, good luck. Uh, yeah, right. And, you um, know, Napoleon dreams big. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the people coming to Vegas, especially these guys who are conned by this, you know, a woman, because they, they want to be conned. They, they want this thing to happen. Yeah, I think ever, there are willing parties on both ends. Yeah. For sure. I just like the undercurrent of um, delusion that's in the movie there um is something kind of delusional frank marino the fact that frank marino is also vegas drag queen he had the longest running show on the strip oh okay he was drag queen for like 20 years there or something mm-hmm. and then um derek barry told me that she frauded the make-a-wish foundation or something 
<laughs> said prophets were going there and they never were and make a wish found out and was like wow. you have to pull that now wow and then she her show went from like the eight o'clock to like the four o'clock or, <laughs> or the seven to the four or something um can you tell me who does the voiceovers in the film as far as i know it's pesci de niro and that's it isn't it there's one line said by somebody else really yep. who frank Frank Vincent, the actor plays, oh, Frank Vincent. who yes. plays Frank Marino. Uh, yes, I love Frank Vincent. Um, he is, he's the one person that gets another VO. And it's when he's talking to uh, the Kansas City boss. What am I going to say, you know? Yeah. It, and it's just like, it, oh, I love him. He's so, like, I would have loved to have met him 50 years ago. You know what? <laughs> I, I'm 30 years ago. He, um, I would have fucked Rickles too. Keep me laughing. <laughs> And he's in three Scorsese movies, Goodfellas, This, and Raging Bull. Claudia Harrow. Oh, that's Trudy. Sorry, oh. I'm going through the cast No, list. I love that. I love Jane that. Jane Meadows Keep is going. in yeah. this. Uh-huh. Oh, she was married to Joe Pesci. She was? That makes so sense. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Her screen roles with films ex-Joe Pesci as newscaster and Jimmy Hollywood, Marty and With Honors, Trudy and Casino, and Julie and Gone Fishing. God, okay. she's gorgeous. She was Pesci's oh, wife. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So okay. that's crazy that the girl who was like the eighth Rothstein dancers, her, that's Pesci's wife. <laughs> that's wild. Well, Claudia Martha Harrow. Pesci's name. really interesting because he... He fucked Angie Everhart too. He likes a girl with auburn hair. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And he retired from acting for a while before Raging Bull. Um, De Niro and mm-hmm. Scorsese had to coax him out of managing a restaurant. You know, people do different things in their life. And um, yeah. if that's what he wanted to do at the time, good for him. It no, no, fun. absolutely. But he, he, he was sick of the roles he was getting. And he said, fuck this. There's no respect in this business or something left. And then they got him out for Raging Bull. And then um, he retired recently, too. And he had to be um, coaxed back for The Irishman. He hadn't done anything in a long time, but at a choice. Jesse has some other comments. And- oh, wait, she's in jail. Who? <laughs> Claudia Harrow. Oh, wow. She's better known as the ex-wife of Joe Pesci. She's currently incarcerated, serving a 12-year sentence for the attempted murder of her second husband in 2000. Oh, wait, <laughs> she's probably out. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> wow. So she- <laughs> good for her. Or not. <laughs> yeah, well, if not. she's out of jail, then good. Yeah. But like, why, why are you trying to kill people? You know, I also would like to mention the uh, voiceover conventions that this movie flouts. Oh, there's so many bad ones where you can just tell it's ADR out the ass. I didn't even think about that. That's an interesting point. Oh, the ADR stuff. Like, there's one point where like you see like Ginger's hair blowing and like you see all the blowing and you can just know it's adr um no i know what you I was mean. like why yeah. can't i hear the wind right you know, right. i should hear the wind right now and yeah. i don't hear whatever usually voiceovers uh, imply that the the character doesn't die this is the voiceover bit that, that kind of shocked me when i first saw it it took months for everything to calm down but finally my guys got out on bail and the bosses wanted me to send my brother dominic out to vegas always the dollars always the fucking dollars I mean, it was still way too hot for me to even go near Vegas. So I set up a meeting with the guys way out in the sticks. I didn't want my brother to get fucked around. I mean, what's right is right. They don't give a fuck about To have the character... Get whacked in yeah. the middle of his VO. <laughs> like, it's amazing. What was that like in the booth? Did someone come up behind him with a fly swatter on his neck? <laughs> I know. Is he super method, Joe? I, I don't mean... know. I'm not method. I just consider <laughs> acting lying. <laughs> what do you do for preparation when you go in for a, a role? learn lines mm-hmm. yeah you know uh, figure out how you're gonna say him dustin hoffman was like known for being super super method and went on the set of marathon man sir john gilgood oh so it, it's about um uh, a nazi war criminal 
and uh, played by John Gielgud. And romantic comedy. Yeah, absolutely. You got it in one. Dustin Hoffman would um, exhaust himself running around because his character was a runner and be like sweating and out of breath. Gilgood got frustrated with him one day and he said, have you ever thought of trying acting? <laughs> Jesse writes, for Willem, out of all the queens you could have picked to do your pod with, what made you want to do it with Alaska? I mean, uh, not a casino related question, but if you'd like to field it. Sure. Um, uh, we came up with the idea together. Right. So it made sense to continue. The origin story is long and it's um, a Burning Man story about a Golden Girls podcast, which inspired us. There was an Amber Alert. A girl was like missing. They thought we thought a child was missing. It was a 17 year old girl fucking her boyfriend. Parents got mad. They stopped the exit 100 cars before we were allowed out. Mm. All we had to listen to was downloaded seven episodes of on, out on the Lanaya Golden Girl podcast. And then I was like, this would be a great idea to do with like something I like. And then I was like, I like Drag Race. And Alaska was like, I love this idea. I have a song called Race Chaser. So boom. And then Magic was born. And then Jesse goes on to say that she lives for your podcast, especially Classique season four at the moment. Thanks for the answers. Have a great day. Well, Jesse, you have a great day too. And uh, Jesse says, once again, deep friend of both of your pods. Well, mm -hmm. that's lovely. Thank you, Jesse. Yutaka Tama. Yutaka Tama. Yutaka. Y Yutaka. Yutaka. He's my friend. Yeah. He's... I just came for the last name I stumbled over. He's a Midwest Bon Vivant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So hello, Yutaka. Uh, hi, Willem and Craig. First time caller, long time listener. I really enjoy both of your podcasts, so I'm excited to hear this one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Yutaka. <laughs> Casino is such a classic. This is one of Sharon's finest performances, agreed. How about a funny reenactment of your favorite Sharon Stone movie scene? Do you uh, have uh, one that you would like to do? What are you going to do? Arrest me for smoking? <laughs> See, my favorite scene is when she's just losing it on the lawn. Let's listen to that. Mm. So rather than me do it, because I don't think I could uh, no give it justice. justice. No, not without hair on. Or the final fight that they have at the house. Oof, brutal. Have you ever been dragged out of your own house? I have. Really? The cops. I fucking hate you. Can't take it anymore. You don't want to kill you. I hate your fucking guts. You hate my guts. I want you to come with me now. Come with me now. Come with me now. Thank you, I want you out of here. I want you out of here. I want you out of here. Take your fucking bag and get out of here. I'm going. I want my money right now. Get your money. Don't worry. The arrangement is over. No kidding. No kidding. And I still get my money. I need some cash right now. You can't just put me I'll in the street. Cash. You know, you haven't been straight with me ever since I met you. You never even loved me in the first place. I need eyes in the back of my love fucking head. You. You're your fucking bitch. I love you. I mean, I love you. Treat me like I'm your fucking dog. You're lower than a dog. Fuck you. Here, here. Is this enough money? I will last you two fucking days. Take it. You greedy bitch. Take the fucking money. I'm going to the bank and I'm getting my jewelry no, too. Good, it opens at 9 a.m. Be there. And don't you send your guys down there to stop me. I mean. I guarantee you, I will not stop you. Stop, you're not getting rid of me with the one Come fucking back tomorrow. suitcase. Get the rest. Just get out of here. Fine. Don't take a name. You're not taking a name. I am. I'm waking you're, her up right now. You're stoned. You're a junkie. Get out I of here. I am not. She's my daughter. Don't let her you. Amazing. It's I, so incredible. Yeah, I have some um, trivia. Oh, One please. of my favorite websites, which should be handy for you since you do a movie podcast, yeah. is called notstarring.com. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I don't know it. You type in a movie yeah. or an actor and you find out what roles they were up for, who was up for oh. what. Melanie Griffith was very close. Martin Scorsese's quoted saying she came cl very close to casting her as the trophy wife of Robert De Niro. Wow. Nicole Kidman auditioned. Uh, Tracy Lords. Really? 
auditioned and was seriously considered by Scorsese and company for the role of Ginger. Wow. Madonna was considered for the role. Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm -hmm. And fuck of all fucks because Sean Young has missed out on two major roles with she missed out on cat on uh Vicky Vale. Yeah. Because she, she was the original Vicky Vale and Bat Batman. Right. And then she broke her arm during a horseback riding scene yeah. for a montage. Not even a good one. Or maybe it was during the riots in, in front of Gotham City Hall. I don't remember. Anyway, she broke her arm, so she was replaced by Kim Basinger. Right. And she tried to get Catwoman and couldn't get that. She was offered the role. Sh Sean Young was offered the role of, of Ginger, Ginger. Wow. But was pregnant at the time, so she couldn't do it. You're kidding. So that's why they went back out. Sean Young's career could have been way different Wildly. with those two movies. Wildly different because she was really on a hot streak for a little oh my while. God. Yeah. B Blade Runner and. Yeah. You know. And uh, was she No Way Out? I think. Was she in that? She was an 80s star. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. actually, the movie The Boost I mentioned before, it's Sean Young and yeah. James Woods, and it's incredible. The two of them playing co I feel fiends. like they dated. They did. And probably did a bunch of coke together. Yeah. And there was a whole crazy thing where she left like a strange, like almost like a voodoo doll on his doorstep. after. How wonderfully camp. Yeah. <laughs> delightful. Mm. Delightful. Full of fun. Um, Sorry. For what? Interjecting constantly. No, no. Are you kidding me? That's the, um, that's gold. I'm so happy that you, uh, you pulled that up and now I know that site. Any things you want to inter interject with are, are uh, more than welcome. That's it. Okay. That was the one thing I wanted to remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Tracy Lords is in a show though at um, the Montalban Theater called Women Behind Bars. There's a bunch of drag queens. I really want to go, but I'm going to be in England. I think Have during fun. the entire yeah. Thanks. I'm doing DragCon UK. I'm excited about that. Doing a panel with Sophie Anderson and Cheryl Hall. I have a clip of Sharon Stone talking about the audition process. Marty didn't show up for the audition. The first time that he didn't show up, I remember I waited and they said, you know, it'll be between this hour and this hour and he'll come and we'll call you. And I was in my car waiting for like, you know, four hours and then he just didn't show. And then the second time they said he's on an Amtrak train and he's coming in and then they called me and they said the Amtrak train broke down. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. And I actually called Amtrak and was like, did the train break down? And I think they told me that it did and I still was like, no, he's actually just blowing me off because I couldn't. It was just inconceivable to me that yet again, because it, all I ever wanted was to be in a Scorsese movie. All I ever dreamed about was to work with De Niro. I mean, this was my biggest goal in my whole life. So here I am twice being blown off by Scorsese. So I'm like, of course. And so when they called me again and said, would I come and see them? I was said, no, my heart couldn't take it. It was just too traumatic and heartbreaking for me that this guy would blow me off a third time. So I just went with my best friend. I went out to dinner and the agent called me and said, no, he really wants to see you. And I said, no, he doesn't. He really wants to blow me off again. And they said, well, can we tell him where you went out to dinner? And I'm like, no. And then they called me back later and said, Sharon, where are you? And I was at this Italian restaurant. And they said, he really wants to see you. And I'm like, no, he really doesn't. And so I'm sitting at this restaurant and having dinner and I look up, and there's Marty standing at my dinner table. And I thought I was going to have a heart attack, because it's little me. And there's Marty Scorsese in a white suit standing at my dinner table. And he's like, I really do want to see you for this part. And I really have seen all your movies. And I'm like, yeah, I bet, especially King Solomon's Mind, because that was a big winner. He's like, no, and I really did. I saw that, too. I'm like, just, oh, this is a nightmare. 
And he's like, can I sit down? And I'm like, oh, I was so humiliated. And he sat down and he talked to me for like an hour about everything I'd ever done. The good, the schmaltz, everything, and what he thought about me as an actor and my work. And I thought, you know, I just wanted to get under the table and die because he'd actually come to the restaurant to talk to me. I love her talking about almost anything. Yeah. Yutaka has a couple other uh, comments here. It says, love all the dolls, but Willem is hands down my favorite. <laughs> she knows it, too. <laughs> Lastly, are there any future acting roles on the horizon for Willem? Um, nothing planned. So stay tuned. Casshole writes, hey, Craig and Willem. Hey, Casshole. Hi, Casshole. This is such a great choice for movie club. Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci are so iconic together. Casino and Goodfellas are both must-sees. This soundtrack is so incredible as well. My question is, which murder scene do you think is the most gruesome? Uh, in Castle's opinion, the vice uh, scene is the uh, most brutal. And I think I have to agree, although... I like the pen, but he's not dead. He's not dead, which is surprising because... Juggler, yeah. Yeah, exactly. How's he still talking? Yeah, you get that much activity in that area. Yeah. You can't survive for long. And You know what else? Sorry. No, 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 no. The, the dirt throwing on the breathing face. That's yes. I've... I was buried alive on a TV show. What? What TV show? Nip Tuck. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Ryan was directing that episode. Mm-hmm. It was the season three finale. And he's like, aim for her chest. <laughs> and it was just like the dirt would hit my chest and then go up to my face. And I remember counting how many takes. And it was like 17 or something. Wow, really? We got it. It looked great. And I yeah. saw it. And like, you can tell I'm kind of alive, maybe. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't know. But like, there's no faking dirt getting on your face. You're getting dirt thrown <laughs> on your face. I was picking dirt out of my scalp and blowing it out my nose for like a week. But wow. worth it. Did you have any breathing difficulties afterwards? No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you were a trooper. And that's why. It's Ryan Murphy. So you wouldn't have breathing difficulties no, afterwards I, with Ryan I'd Murphy. I'd be thankful if I did. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah Marcus writes, okay, so great to get an excuse to watch this goldmine of a film again. I feel like there never has been a character more perfectly sleazily hot glued to the actor that plays them than James Woods as Lester Diamond. Do you have a favorite Lester scene? There's two. And I have the uh, one of them here. I'm looking at you right now. I'm seeing you for the very first time right this minute. I'm seeing you, I can feel my heart click. I see you 14 years old. I see you the first second I ever saw you. I see you long-legged, a little cold, stupid braces in your teeth. Okay, man. Every time I ever see you, that's what I see. Um, talk to you later. Bye. So creepy. Mm. Do you have a favorite Lester scene? No, I don't like him. Would you like maybe when he's beat up by Sam's people? Mm. I don't like someone else doing someone else's dirty work, but yeah, sure. Mm. That's an okay one. I like when uh, <laughs> when Nikki and, and, and Ace are arguing about something and then he brings up Ginger and he's like, yeah, she called me and she was real concerned about that, that diamond thing. And, and, and he's like, well, did you mention your role in the whole thing? Mm-hmm. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I didn't it's think so great. that. Was- <laughs> <laughs> and the other Lester scene that I love, cause it's so grim when she takes Amy and uh, Sam is on the phone and like tracks them down mm-hmm. in LA and, and she's doing a huge plate of Coke in front of the, the kid. It is so horrifying. And then he's just blasé about it. And he keeps making like sort of threats to killing the kid. 
There were some fun things that Sharon had the kid do during Stick that scene. Stick out her tongue and like annoy James. She, she told her the kid not to sit still or something, right? Well, check this out. You know, I've done a couple of films with Jimmy and he's on it. He's one of the best improvisational actors there is. With him, I love the dynamic of getting the little girl who played my daughter to just torment him. So between takes, I would just say, you know, go hit him with your purse. And just, you know, hit him in the ball. You know, just hit him in the crotch with your purse during the scene. <laughs> wow. I love that. <laughs> yeah, so that whole scene's great. It surprised me rewatching it that he's only in, like, in terms of minutes of the movie, very few, because it left such an impact on me, his horrifically sleazy character. Oh, and Yutaka has another one. Uh, what were some of your favorite looks from Sharon Stone in this movie? So we, we went over those. Are Anything there, Mackie. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything of hers that I, I don't like. I don't think there's any look really in the movie that I don't like. I really love all of Ace's matching suits and the matching shoes as well. <laughs> the pink suit that he's wearing when he gets blown up in the car might be my favorite, but no, no, no. The suit he's wearing on the TV show is my favorite. <laughs> I would wear that in a second. Lydia Languish writes, hi, Craig and Willem. Hi, Lydia. Hi. Such an amazing film. The costume and production design, soundtrack, and editing are amazing. One of my favorite scenes is when De Niro is wearing a dark orange jacket, shirt, and tie, sitting on the mustard yellow bench in a brown, yellow, and beige room. And then Sharon Stone comes in wearing the red leather trench coat. That is a good coat. Mm. Lydia asks, are there points in the film where the My Son scene really speaks to you? Where the who? The mixture of uh, location and uh, My outfits. My Son scene? I think What's... that's how it's pronounced. I'm not... I've Mi never heard that word. scene? Maybe it's, it's like a French thing or something? I don't know. Well, we're not sure we can't answer it because we don't understand it. That's a um, problem. Just production design? Just um, the house is so period and yeah. perfect. Yeah, the house is great. Everything. I think the closets, when they show the expanse mm. of the closets and how many suits. And apparently he bought all those clothes for her in advance. When she's like, my things, all of my things. And the, the, he gets her the chinchilla coat. Mm -hmm. It's just a beautiful shot. Uh, Sylvia Sippel writes, hopefully I'm not too late for this one. Guess what? You were not. You're not. Uh, bless our Antipodean time difference. Hi, Willem, deep friend of the pod here. I really love the industry insight you provide. I've learned a lot about the nature of reality TV from you and also admire your commitment to painting a picture of explicit dricks for us listening at home. Just before watching Casino for Movie Club, I watched a clip of Ricky Gervais scalding Golden Globe's opening monologue. What do you think about the future of cinema? Are there any directors you'd absolutely love to work with because you admire their work? Um, Bradley Cooper, mm. uh, Ava DuVernay. Mm -hmm. um, that probably won't happen. Um, Issa Rae. Mm -hmm. um, Martin Scorsese. I, that, that will never happen. But would you like to? Hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to say no to work. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Are there any directors that you would not like to work with? Uh, Uwe Boll. And why is that? Well, he's got a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Razzies, and I already worked with him, and it wasn't a pleasant experience. Oh, really? What film was it? Blood Rain 3. Oh, okay. I didn't see 3. No. <laughs> yeah, he didn't, <laughs> didn't miss much. <laughs> and uh, Sylvia also says, off-topic question, tell us about the Palm Springs house. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, Airbnb and it's going to be a drag destination hotspot where people can go and get up into drag and like chill and Palm Springs. Just had my second trip to Palm Springs. I quite enjoyed it. I spent my New Year's Eve there. It was a lot of fun. It's a gorgeous place. And then Sylvia continues with, thanks for introducing me to the casino. Sylvia, I'm so happy that uh, we could do that. Same. And the soundtrack sets, costumes, and cast are amazing. And it's been ages since I last enjoyed a good old fashioned neck stabbing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty much the premium neck stabbing. 
in any film. Now, that does it for the listener comments and questions, but there's a couple other um, bits of audio that I'd like to get to. First off, let's hear a little bit of the real Lefty Rosenthal show. Live from the fabulous Jubilation, world-famous discotheque supper club in the heart of the entertainment capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, the Frank Rosenthal Show. And this episode was dedicated to the disco phenomenon. And now, the man who's consistently been the highest-priced operating executive administrator in the state of Nevada. The man who's operated four Las Vegas hotel casinos simultaneously. The man Sports Illustrated picks as the country's greatest handicapper, the man, Frank Rosenthal. And uh, now a little clip of Jerry and Lefty on the show. Wow. So there's a dance expert, a disco dance um, guru, and he wants uh, to have uh, him demonstrate his prowess on the dance floor. So he uh, pretends that he doesn't know the woman in the audience. And there's this little bit. Young lady? Yes? Who are you? You a former dancer? Yes, I think you could say that. Your height? Five, nine and a half. Five, nine and a half. That's right. Jeff, do you think you could uh, do a routine with this young lady? You look very, very familiar to me. <laughs> That's kind of a funny coincidence. Have you been involved in dance contests before? Yes, I have. Quite and some time ago. Have you danced recently? Not really. Jeff, do you think you could uh, kind of get things together and... When's the last time you had a good freak or a good rock or a good hustle? The best things I ever have are always with my husband. Okay. <laughs> I want to argue with that. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Jeff Kutash and Mrs. Jerry Rosenthal to Boogie Agree. Let's try it. Okay, let's go. Apparently, people got obsessed with the show because it was so stilted and strange. So bad. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a big cult watch. You know, Frank watched it all, wrote it all, probably. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the level of control that he exerted on Tyler everything. Tyler Perry. <laughs> In a casino. <laughs> and that reminds me of this. Look how many blueberries your muffin has and how many mine has. Yours is falling apart. I have nothing. What are you talking about? It's like everything else in this place. You don't do it yourself. It never gets done. Where are you going? How long can this go From now on, I want you to put an equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. An equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. You know how long that's going to take? I don't care how long it takes. Put an equal amount in each muffin. I wonder if the guy that said, put an equal amount in each muffin, how many callbacks, how many auditions, <laughs> was it an offer? <laughs> oh, that reminds me, a lot of the folks um, in the casino are actual casino workers, and some of them were around during the era of Tony Spilotro coming in. I think the dealer that is uh, being abused by Nikki is an actual dealer. Yeah, who might have I think actually encountered Spilotro yeah. back in the day and stuff. So it's peppered with all kinds of um, like real life folks. Like I mean, that. Scorsese's mom is in it. Apparently, when he puts her in the scene, he doesn't really tell her much tell about her what's do. going. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And she hates hearing foul language, so that was her actual response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like the language, the language. Yeah, <laughs> she's amazing in Goodfellas too. Mm-hmm. We've got a nice clip here of Frank Vincent talking about Rickles. I had gotten a little cold or something, and, and so one day, one day I was walking past Rickles' trailer. He had, it, he had his door open. He was sitting there. Don, I said, Geez. I said, I've been sick, Don. I've had a friggin' cold. He said, Frank, I really don't give a shit, he says. 
just, but he's really a sweetheart. And, and when we had to do this scene where we beat him up in the, in the casino, when Joe hit him with the phone, he had everybody crazy. Italian's beating up the Jew, I'm calling my lawyer, he's going, and he had them, he had them crazy. He was just nuts. <laughs> Again, there should be oh my a God. special release with I'm just so that. I'm so glad I saw him before he... Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I went to Vegas with my, with my ex. Classic. It was great. I need to go see some shows in Vegas this next time. Well, I'm going to see Sean Cassidy, but I need to go some to some of the like. I don't know who that is. Oh, so Sean Cassidy was a teen heartthrob in, oh, in the, the Partridge 70s. family. Those uh, well, Cassidys. It, the, his brother David was in the Partridge family. Okay. Yeah, and um, Sean is also an actor, and now is a uh, I think Katie Cassidy's dad. That could very well be actually. He's a, a TV exec. He produced that show Emerald City, and now watch that. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, I really liked it. It was um cool because it kind of followed another oz book that was like different oh really okay yeah there were different things in it and now he has a show uh called new amsterdam oh yeah about a doctor or something i'll show you a picture of him Phew. yeah and he was in the hardy boys tv series really good uh 70s television there this moment of uh ace having the meltdown what should have been a routine licensing hearing turned into bedlam yesterday when the flamboyant tangiers casino executive sam ace rothstein for, accused Bob? the state's top gaming for? officials of corruption and hypocrisy hearing when you were getting comped at my hotel and you were asking me for copies of your bills so you could put them on your expense account in a wild and unprecedented outburst that followed his gaming license denial oh, rothstein followed oh, several stunned commissioners into the hallway where he continued his harangue until his own lawyers and friends urge him to leave you have a past i have a past and my past is no worse than yours but you guys think you have the right to pass judgment Long suspected on of running the tangiers without a gaming license yesterday's hearing was to determine whether someone with rothstein's checkered personal history was qualified to officially hold a top gaming post fucking hypocrites and now uh, i was excited to find this this is the actual tv spot that that's based on oh wow this was predictable. They would not even allow me a hearing. No inconsistency. When the chairman had told us that he would give us 10 days, whatever time we needed, until George Swartz spoke up in the kangaroo court. And today he pounded his gavel in accordance with his commissioners. I call him a hypocrite and the fellow members of this commission to deny me a fair hearing. I'd like to answer that while we're here. Uh, Mr. Rosenthal is being very typical to this point. He's lying. The only time I've ever been in the Stardust Hotel was with Brian Greenspun long prior to my getting on the commission. And, uh, in fact, I rode in the same car with Mr. Uh, Brian Greenspun. And had lunch with me in the Stardust Hotel and Brian Greenspun. And was that a lie, too? Well, I, we, Brian Greenspun and I ate in the Stardust Hotel. With what Frank Rosenthal at the table. You were wandering around. Thank there, you. I'm sure. Right. I also love that Ace will not hire that dumb kid back on the slot manager. So dumb. It's so dumb. The guy tells him over and over. It's like in The Irishman when mm -hmm. he's telling Hoffa. Don't do this. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, what the hell? Like, what are you going yeah. after here? And you know you're going to lose, but you still do it. Scorsese hits those themes again and again, pride, greed, and um, delusion. Do you have any other favorite Scorsese movies? Mm. 
This is my favorite one for sure. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. And that's how we actually arrived at doing this because uh, I asked you your favorite uh, movies mm -hmm. and I was really happy that you picked this one. So you're the reason that we're doing Casino. Cool. Yeah, this movie. is definitely one of my favorites. It's probably not my favorite anymore, but it's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. I can't have a favorite movie. It's no. there's, a, there's a range of uh -uh. them. Yeah. Depends what movie you're in. I just love that. I love working with the big tigers you know here's sharon talking about one of the subject matter experts they brought in to consult on the film we had a guy out of a witness protection program come and show us how to kill people who actually knew how you kill people this is like how people really get killed it's not some joke this is how in real serious business people actually get killed that's it's horrifying to see and you know what? It should be. It should be. It shouldn't be a joke. It's not a joke to kill somebody. It's a horrifying, violent, disgusting, awful thing. And it should be. It shouldn't be like, boom, boom, boom. Wow. It should be, ah. You shouldn't want to go do it. It shouldn't be thrilling. It should be horrifying. And because it is, you can't get with it. And so you don't get with it in a Marty movie. Great. <laughs> great. 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 Now, recently there was a little bit of um, mild controversy about the shortage of lines given to women in The Irishman, which I thought was really stupid. Does it pass the blood chill test or whatever? Yeah, you're right. Exactly. I, I'm I, saying whatever because I don't know how to say is it I think it's Bechdel, that, Bechdel yeah. which I think is a sort of a, a false thing to apply to a movie like The Irishman, which is about a, basically either a true story or a fabricated story, depending on who you uh, listen to. Because some people say that Frank, um, what's his name's story is a complete fabrication, but it really doesn't matter because mm -hmm. it, it's what the story is about. But the fact that uh, if anyone hasn't seen The Irishman, we will spoil something a little bit now. So skip ahead or something. But the fact that the daughter is essentially silent for most of it is part of the whole thing. And it doesn't make sense to apply that rule to it. Sharon has an interesting thing to say here about Scorsese's handling of women and women's stories. I'm in a phone booth at one point having this kook conversation with Bob. And I just said, Marty, I can't have you over there. I need you where I can touch you. I'm really scared. Marty sat on the dirt by my feet outside the phone booth so that I could go to Crazyville, but so that I could see him and touch him. Because he knew, I just said, I'm going somewhere far away. I need to make sure I can get back. He's like, I'll get you back, babe. Whatever it takes. He isn't scared of this thing. And so many directors are just scared. They're scared that if you as a woman go big or go wide or go deep, first of all, you're going to roll over the guys. And second of all, I don't know. It's like it, that expression, like if one woman told the truth, the whole world would crack open. Well, Marty wants your truth. You know, everybody's got their own process. Absolutely. Whatever yeah. she did, it worked, mm -hmm. I guess. Definitely. Do you have any other thoughts on the film that we uh, haven't uh, broached? Mm. No. No. <laughs> no, I think I've talked a lot. Yeah, that's true. I think you have talked a lot. And I've talked a lot as well. Uh, would you like lunch or something? I'm okay. Okay.
I got my carrots. Okay. Did you bring any of that squeezy bottle food that you had the other time you were here? Mm-mm. What was that exactly? It's um like basically like ground up fruits, like an applesauce shooter, but sometimes there's other fruits in it. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes baby food. I'll eat anything crushed up. Do you have a favorite meal? Mm. Mm. Or even recent favorite meal? I like, uh, <laughs> what would I order if I could eat the same thing every night? I like spaghetti a lot. Mm-hmm. Meatballs or? Uh... Nah. I don't eat that much red meat anymore. Well. That brings us to the end of our Casino Movie Club. And, uh, Willem, thank you, A, for suggesting Casino and also for doing it. Of course. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. January 17th, Craig and Friends presents William Friedkin's To Live and Die in L.A. at the Prince Charles Cinema in London. Come watch the film with me and Wang Chung, who scored the film. But you already knew that, didn't you? Jack Hughes and Nick Feldman, a.k.a. Wang Chung, will be joining me for a discussion and Q&A immediately following the screening. Last month, I got the chance to see the 35mm print that we'll all be enjoying together. And oh, it's gorgeous. And ooh, is the sound beautiful. So, to get your tickets, go on over to the Prince Charles Cinema website or just uh, click the link in this episode description. And also, remember, if you haven't already, rate and review this show on your app of choice.